Hi everyone, this is Anthony Vincent Bova and thank you for tuning in. Today I'd like to talk about tension when you have it versus when you don't have it. And I call tension the thief in the night. Why the thief in the night? Because it steals your experience, your quality of life, your ability to focus, think clearly, objectively, completely gets in the way of problem solving and every level of communication. And more times than not, we don't even know we're experiencing it. So I'd like to talk about it, the origin of it, how it shows its ugly head and so on. You're listening to Empowering the Communicator, where solutions to unique communication challenges are discovered, connecting you to your audience with influence and impact. With your host, Anthony Vincent Bova, leading communication pain point and solution specialist. So when you have tension and understand the tension, then you know you can manage the tension as opposed to the tension managing you. That's where most of this is going to go today. But how does it show itself? You know, it shows itself different ways. Sometimes it shows itself by um, by sweating a lot, hand sweating, clicking the pen, tapping the fingers on the table, uh, shallow breath, pacing. Then there's more internal ways it shows itself. Knots in the stomach, body parts might lock up. Many times you could see it in facial muscles. There's tension there. Sometimes it's locked in the eye sockets. With me, it's the thighs a lot. For some reason, I carry a lot of my tension in thighs. And then it manifests physically. You could see how it affects that. And this goes on to different ways with different people. Sometimes you could just see externally how they breathe differently. The big one I find is when the the upper back into the neck that's shooting up it's not pain necessarily but there's a certain tingle a certain something when high level of tension is coming up i believe it's actually a primal thing that when it goes like that something very primitive even with animals with us we get a certain tension sometimes that shoots right up but it doesn't end there there are other ways sometimes it's more subtle like you all of a sudden you're not hungry. You have some body pains that the list goes on and on. But what is tension? There are several definitions, but one that sums it up for me that I, when I looked it up in the dictionary, it says mental or emotional strain, intense, suppress, suspense, anxiety, or excitement. Hmm. But the big question lands in the area of why and how. Why do we get tension? And then how do we eliminate tension? Those are the big money questions right there. And I would like to start to talk about that. Tension is a manifestation of unexpressed impulses. So basically tension, our impulse is not expressed. When you have an impulse to express and you don't, it creates tension. Now, imagine for a moment that you just created a table, a spreadsheet, okay? And you did it in which the sum total was at the bottom of a column, let's say. So go to column A, the first column, and you go around, you know, I don't know, uh, 10 rows down, and you put the sum total over there. So you start putting in the number 5, and then you put 10, and then you put... 20. Well, you're going to see the number at the bottom of that 
column in the sum total field change from 5, then when you put in 10, it'll show 15, and then when you put in 20, it'll show 35, all right? That's exactly what tension does in the body. It tallies up, except <laughs> it's a little different in this way. When it tallies up in the body, it's not just up to 35 in that example. In the body, there's compound interest. So that 35 turns into, you know, 50 and then turns into 70 and so on. Why? Once tension affects you one way, it directly affects you in other ways. For example, I've been known to do this, and I know so many people have been known to do this, and that is to stress eat. Stress eating is when you devour something in two seconds, and as you're working and you're not even thinking about the meal, you're not really taking care of yourself, it's a stress meal, right? You just, you put it right down until on some level you feel sated and to move on. If you keep having stress meals, eventually what's going to happen is that, right, your digestion is going to be disrupted and also based on what you're eating will affect you a lot. So if you're eating a lot of pasta, let's say, right, well, after a while, you're going to feel the effects of having bowls and bowls and bowls of stress eating starch, okay? Even if you took your time doing that, if you just kept doing that over and over and over and over, right? You can eventually feel the effects of that. But stress eating puts an extra pressure on the body. When tension goes unidentified, unaddressed, it has compound interest on ourselves one way or another, all right? Some time ago, I remember several years ago, uh, a friend of mine, Jenny, uh, she came to me and she was first seeking advice and ended up turning into an actual work program with her. But let me tell you how it started. She was a manager, actually I think she's still a manager, of a cosmetic company and she works in the main office here in the East Coast. Her job is to manage the sales reps under her and she has around 20 sales managers and then under the 20 sales managers around 15 or so sales reps. So there's, I don't know, over on 300 or so in total under her. Now, let me talk to you about Jenny first. Jenny has a very strong pleaser. All she wants to do is please. She got into cosmetics because she loved the industry. However, she has a very, very strong pleaser, which means in this case, a difficult time with conflict. But because she's so wonderful at what she does, she's been promoted, all right? But she doesn't really have the skill sets for the promotion. As we talk about it, you'll see what I'm, where I'm going with this. So when she is managing, right, these people under her, her sales reps and sales managers, when they have a personal dynamic issue, interpersonal dynamic issue, conflicts, she takes it on. She's not good at being objective or wasn't good at being able to pull back and seeing it. She actually took on their conflict. And now it was like her conflict. And it caused basically a lot of tension, anxiety, and what I call emotional paralysis. She would get locked up. Now, when you have around 300, it's going to happen quite a bit, right? It's just the nature of business and life. So in the spreadsheet example, right, that I was giving just a little while ago, the numbers were really tallying up with a lot of compound interest. And it was completely compromising her ability to function productively. So there are many ways to address this issue. There's no one way. And I will always say that, but it must be addressed. 
So the first thing I, I asked Jenny is that if she ever had any conflict resolution training. And she was like, not really. And, uh, you know, she was trying to think of the different trainings she, she's had and different public speaking training. And, but it was never really a, a conflict resolution. So what that said to me is that she didn't have a set of principles to fall back on to help her formulate and come up with solutions. It was all kind of went in her and she got stuck with it. My goal wasn't to solve her problems with her staff. That's up to her. My goal was to help Jenny have less tension so she's more equipped to solve her own problems with her staff that are inherent when you have over 300 sales reps under you and many of them working together, actually even behind the same counter. So... I worked with Jenny in three different stages. First, I had her fill out like a data entry form, basically. Very clinical. So she started writing them down. I'm like, no, no, don't get into the mud with it. Just put it down. Just write it. I want to see it. I don't want you to live it right now. Doing this allowed the conflict to be not only jammed up in her mind, but for her just to take a look at it as opposed to her being stuck in the weeds of it. So far, this is all academic. It's all academic. Write down your problems. It's academic. Then I asked Jenny, what did the conflicts mean to her? How does she internalize these conflicts? And she basically said that these conflicts made her very worried, and it was a reflection of her failure as a boss, colleague, friend, and it went on and on and on. So every time... There was a personality conflict of 300 people under her. In her mind, her personal brand of being this manager was in the toilet. It was over. So we had, I had Jenny go into a three-step training program. First is take a conflict resolution class, that there are very basic principles about basic conflict. So she had something, a structure to at least start to function within. Okay. Second... I facilitated Jenny through a series of what I call disobligation workouts. These are different exercise involvements designed for Jenny to feel less responsible to take on the problem. Because when you take on someone else's problem, finding a solution is very difficult. You've got to have that objective eye. You can't emotionally make that your problem. So that was... The second step. The third step is that I had her go into emotional expurgation cluster of workouts. So this, what does this mean? A lot of getting the tension out. The tension was locked up inside her and it was showing in every way possible at this point. It had to do with getting it out. And the big thing is that I said to Jenny, now um, I want you to choose an activity that is physical in nature and uh, mental and emotional that you think would accomplish similar. Well, she took up yoga, which I thought was a fabulous idea. And so long story short, within months, Jenny had a new set of principles to apply from the conflict resolution class, a completely different mindset, a way to identify the tension and release it. Her work dramatically shifted. It completely shifted, and she was eventually promoted to regional manager in the, in the States, with now under 1,000 reps under her. 
Why? Because it's not just the mindset. The mindset's huge and having the principles are huge, but it's also knowing what to do with the tension when it shows itself. So going back to the beginning, if tension or impulse is unexpressed, if you express them, you don't have it anymore. Last thing about tension. When is tension the strongest? When is tension the weakest? Tension is always the strongest is when you're focusing on yourself. In Jenny's situation, she took on the conflict and then it was about her focusing on how she was feeling so horrible and a failure and this all was a reflection of her in these bad, horrible ways, right? This caused the tension to rise higher and higher. And she was going through her mind, well, if I say this, and how are they going to feel? What, what are they going to think about me? Could they report it? And then, how is that going to, then what am I going to say to my boss? You see, when the focus is on yourself, the tension will magnify tenfold, twentyfold with a lot of compound interest. The enemy of tension is focusing outside of yourself. So when she was able to change the mindset of, it's not about me, but how do I solve it, the problem? How do I help others? How do I assist in others? And the focus becomes not about yourself. By default, tension immediately plummets. It's like, boom, it goes down. Let me give you an example. I want you to think of a little person in your life. Think of a little person, you know, at maybe a toddler. Imagine you're holding that beautiful little hand with your hand. And imagine you're walking on the sidewalk. And because you're, you don't want to hurt that hand, right? It's small and it's delicate. The bones are not developed. You, you hold it firmly, but not too firmly. And imagine that you didn't hold it firm enough. And the hand slipped, kind of got away. And that little person started to run. And this little person started to run maybe towards traffic. At that moment, do you believe you would be thinking about yourself? Or do you believe you would just simply get in front of this person? So as we end today, always remember, tension is at its height when you're focused on thyself. And it's at the lowest when your involvement is outside of yourself and focused on others or other things. That's it for now. That's it for today. And have a wonderful day. Until next time. You've just listened to Empowering the Communicator, hosted by Anthony Vincent Bova. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, please like and subscribe to this channel on your preferred podcast platform. And to know more about Anthony and his coaching, please visit edgeworksoftskills.com.